Evening team, hope we are all doing very, very well. If you're listening back to this on the podcast, I hope you're well. If you're listening or watching back, should I say, on record, hope you're doing well as well. It is Thursday the 3rd of November, he says. Yep, Thursday the 3rd of November, losing track of the days already. And tonight we are talking all things nutrition. Now, I'm going to be honest, guys, if I ramble, this session could be two hours long. So I'm not going to ramble tonight. I'm going to be pretty sort of, you know, um, on it, I'm going to be switching and going between the slides quite quickly because there is so much to cover. When it comes to nutrition, it's not just what does protein do and how do I get it in? There are so many things to consider. And tonight we are going to touch on a few different areas. But the aim of tonight's session is to help us understand the basics of nutrition and more importantly, how to put them in place, because there's no point in knowing how cells work and how our you know body stores fat and how our mitochondria fire and all these other sciencey bits none of that really matters day to day what matters is that we can stick to our goals consistently by putting things practically in place all the fancy stuff doesn't really matter so let's stick to the practical stuff today so we're going to start off by talking a little bit about diets and what they are and how they function and stuff all of those sort of uh, the, the groundwork of, of what we're going to be talking about tonight then we're going to touch on briefly weight loss now Having gone through all of your consultation forms, weight loss is a goal for about 75% of us um, on this challenge. So it, it's the majority. So I'm going to be touching on that today and just explaining once and for all, clearing all the myths up about how weight loss actually occurs. Um, then we're going to go into the nutrition. So I'm going to tell you about proteins, carbs, fats, um, uh, micronutrients, macronutrients, that kind of stuff that I guess the nutrition science side of things. Um, hey guys, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, and I'm going to talk to you through most importantly, probably the practical tips because you're here to actually put stuff in place. You're not here just to learn, right? You've got a big difference between information and implementation. And like I said, if I keep rambling, we're going to be here for honestly hours. So I'm going to be on it tonight. If I do start rambling, just wave at me. So I stop. So let's get right into it then. I'm going to jump on the chat every now and then. What is the problem? What's the point of us having this session tonight or today if you're listening to it on playback? Now, the big one is that the health and fitness industry, very ironically named, overcomplicates it. And I'm going to explain why the health and fitness industry overcomplicates it in a second. If you watch my stories today on Instagram, you've already seen this. Um, Another big thing, another big problem, big barrier for us is that we often think that healthy food is boring. We think that it has to be bland and tasteless and it's just like chicken, broccoli and rice or lettuce. And you can't have a glass of wine. and You can't have chocolate. And that is complete nonsense. Often we have an all or nothing mindset. We're either being good or we're being bad. We're either on the wagon or off the wagon. I think we could all probably relate to that at some stage in our lives, right? We're either counting calories or we're not. We're either counting our sins or we're not. We're cutting out carbs or eating all the bagels and all the pizza and all the wraps, right? We're either one or the other for most of us. So what we want to really do today is bring in balance, essentially. We're going to make sure that we are balanced with all of our, just going to mute everyone, and um, balanced with all of our approaches, Okay. Another huge barrier I know from your consultation forms is emotional eating. Now, I'm going to touch today on habits, cravings, hunger and urges, but we're going to go in depth with that when we come to the emotional eating session. So I'm going to touch on it, but not going to go too in depth. Sometimes it is the knowledge. It is the information side, not the implementation side. So sometimes it is the fact that we are a bit confused about some of the myths that knock around quite a lot around sort of carbohydrates, high fat, low fat. Do I need to do cardio? Do I need to do it fasted first thing in the morning? You know, what's the best belly fat burning workout and stuff? Spoiler alert, there is no such thing as a belly fat burning workout. Um, but, you know, there's all these things that maybe there are some myths that we need to sort of um, 
address, right? Sometimes it's that we just don't have the support and the accountability. When you're making the change, it's really hard to do it by yourself because you're already battling against your own mind. So doing it alone makes it that much harder. And the big one for us, of course, as teachers, and I could I could have broken this down into 10 different subsections, time. We don't have loads of time. Probably somewhere about half of us on um, in this challenge and in the teacher team um, are probably, actually probably more than that, probably probably about 75% are parents as well as teachers. So you are already doing you know two to four full time jobs just between those two things. You don't have loads of time. You don't have time to be looking up recipes, to be sort of wasting four hours on a Sunday on meal prep and all this stuff. We don't we just can't do it. Right. So that's the problem. And that's what we're going to fix tonight. Let me know in the chat. Does any of that sound familiar? Does this sound like you? If you're listening to it on playback, you're probably been nodding along with some of those. Let me know in the chat, guys. Does that feel familiar for you? He says, and he can't open up the chat. <laughs> Let me know anyway. I'll open it up in a second. So let's talk about the fitness industry. Technically, apparently, someone told me the other day that I'm part of the health and fitness industry, which I don't really kind of think I am I feel like I'm on the fence between the education space and I guess the, the health and well-being space but the health and fitness industry or more specifically the diet industry and the yo-yo diet industry even more specifically is a toxic place it is there to get repeat custom from you and I'm going to talk to a little bit more about that in a sec but when it comes to health and fitness industry there are loads and loads of myths knocking about because if you're confused guys guess what you're easy to sell to People don't want you to have the answers because you're going to be repeat customers and you're going to buy stuff, right? That is not what we want. You're here on this challenge. Yes, it's only six or seven weeks, but you're here to set yourself up for the rest of your life. That's the whole point of this, right? So there are loads and loads of popular diets, and this has become so sort of synonymous with food that, you know, a, a going on a diet has become so synonymous with just eating food that we now think of everything as a diet, right? We've got keto diet where we reduce carbs below a certain threshold, usually below 30 grams. And we go into ketosis, terrible experience if anyone's been through that. The paleo diet where we live like our paleo, paleolithic ancestors, right? The Atkins diet, we've all heard of that one. That, what was that like? 80s, 90s, 90s, maybe low carb, low fat, all these different things. And what this becomes is that we start to label, like I said, everything like a diet. Now, calorie deficit is a um, mechanism of the body that causes fat loss. And I'm going to explain all of that later. But people have started labeling things as a calorie deficit diet. There's no such thing as a calorie deficit diet. A calorie deficit is a principle, a scientific principle, which is on the same level as the law of gravity. And I'm going to explain this in a sec. But being in a calorie deficit is not being on a diet. You can eat freely and just by chance happen to be in a calorie deficit and lose body fat, right? It's not a diet. We are not going on a diet. No one here is on a diet right now. And I'm, I really do mean that. Things like intermittent fasting can become our approach and our diet. Clubs, who, you know, don't need to name any names. All of these things, so the calorie deficit, the intermittent fasting, uh, just having a protein shake in the morning and not having any fats or carbs, um, not eating after a certain time, all these different approaches, which I'm going to run through fully later on, they are just tools in your tool basket. You can use whichever ones you want to use. They are not a certain diet. They are just things that you can use along your journey. But the thing with diets is that they become part of our identity. I'm a ketoer, right? I'm a low carber. I'm a slimming welder. I'm a calorie counter. They become a part of us. And 
we get tied to it because it is we you know particularly if we see some progress with it it's an emotional connection and for a lot of people those groups or approaches you know online forums and stuff they provide us with a sense of community they make us feel like we belong but i'm sure that i don't need to prove any prove this to anyone but i'm going to share with you three quotes from uh directors and founders of slimming world and these are genuine quotes caught on tape and they've been going around the internet for years and years and years now and there's footage of it all it, it happened this was actually said and it is alarming but quite sadly i think not quite surprising so this is from richard samba the former finance director of weight watchers and he said going on a diet is like buying a lottery ticket if you don't win you go back and buy another ticket that's what a diet is in their eyes right pretty bad right i don't think anyone wants to be in that on that hamster wheel going up and down like a yo-yo he also said if my mouse is going to work for me no, of course it's not of course it's not going to work why would, why would technology work there we go uh weight watchers is successful the business is successful because 84 percent of people have to come back and do it again this is the finance director the former finance director they are not stupid they know that if people found out exactly what they needed to do and they got the emotional, the mental, the coaching support to be able to change their identity, their habits, their behavior, and actually make this stick for life, they know they're going to go out of business. So they're not stupid. And I'm going to kind of show you what, you know, exactly what they do, right? And this is the worst one. This makes me cringe, particularly because I'm not a massive word of how the word fat is used here. This is from the founder of Weight Watchers who said, when it comes to food, Fat people are basically very stupid. That was a direct quote. That's pretty bad, right? So when it comes to diets, that is a no-no for us. We are, I don't want anyone here to ever go on another diet ever, ever again, okay? So just clicking back a couple of slides. See this little picture down here? You've got the person on the left who is looking for some help. Right. They want to improve their health or they want to lose their weight or, or a bit of both. Right. And then over here, you've got this key. I call this key the answer. That's what you need to know. Are they going to give you what you need to know? Of course they're not, because then they haven't got a business. Right. So what they do is they confuse you. They create they take the science, which is calories, and they make up this new system, which is kind of like calories, but also different enough to not be completely transferable. And they call it sins. I mean, come on. What? We, we all teach language, right? Sins is, is, is not a good word, particularly when it comes to relationships with food, right? They call it points. There's no different. They've just slightly changed it so they can monetize it. And they get people confused enough and keep them arm's length from the truth so that this guy over here or this person over here can take all the money because of that repeat custom. And I just wanted to be really blunt with that information because that is the truth of the fitness, well, mainly the diet industry, I guess is the best way to put it. So how should it be done then? What should we do? Well, we need to work with you through support and accountability on your nutrition. We need to look at the root cause and the wider issues. Why do I find myself, you know, elbow deep in the ice cream when I feel stressed? Why do I always find myself eating before I've cooked my dinner? Why do I find myself half a bottle of wine down on a Wednesday night when, you know, before I've even noticed it? Why do these kinds of things happen? Why do I find it difficult to be consistent? Is it my identity? Is it stress? Is it sleep? Is it habits? Is it, is it yeah, my mindset and my identity? What is it? Because if we don't address those things, 
the first problem isn't going to be solved. So how should it be done? We should take the person who needs help, give them the support, give them the coaching, give them the information they need, show them how to implement it so they can live their healthiest and happiest lives. That is how it should be done. As you can imagine, big, big companies that run on things like a five pound a week membership or whatever, they don't make as much money because people are successful and they don't go back. That is the health and fitness industry for you, the diet industry. So that's what we're working with. And that's what I can imagine loads of you have experienced in the past. Let me know in the chat if you have experienced that in the past. Right. Let's talk about what your diet actually is then. Because when I talk about diet, I'm not just thinking about food. Let me explain what I mean by that. So diet comes from the French diet, or I'm not sure how to pronounce it, to be honest with you, but it's got a couple of other letters in it. And that comes from the Greek dieta, which basically means a way of life. So the way that I see my diet, and I want you to see your diet, it's not just what goes in your mouth, it's everything you consume, it's the TV you watch, it's your relationships, it's the environments you're in, it's your lifestyle, it's how much you get up and move. Do you spend every Sunday or every you know two days um, on the weekend completely on the sofa all day? Or are you the kind of person who gets up and goes for a walk? Little things like that, you know, compound that over a year is going to make massive changes. It's your relationships, it's your mindset, it's everything that goes in. It's the music you listen to, it's what you listen to on TV, what you watch on TV, it's your it's your bedtime routine. All of that comprises your diet. And I want you to imagine that everything goes into one cup, right? Because what you do watch and how you spend your time of an evening is going to affect your health, your weight, and your your happiness overall, right? So that is your diet. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about diet. So what impacts on that then? What goes into that? What feeds that diet? Well, obviously the time restrictions we have as teachers and parents, financial, our, our social economic status, so the amount of money we've got, stress levels and how we manage our stress. And obviously, of course, our, our mental health, and our emotional health, how we sleep, our mindset, our social environments, as I said, the habits that you've built since you were born, pretty much. The menstrual cycle has huge huge implications on your diet for numerous reasons. And we'll cover that when we cover women's health. All of these things impact your diet. So going up to someone saying, yeah, don't worry, you just need to eat less and move more. That's not going to help. Right. That's the simple explanation. But really, we know we're working with a much more complex system than just eat less, move more, because that's not really how it works. Okay, so. Let's get into weight loss. How does weight loss actually function? Cool. I'm going to pause there for a second and just check the chat, guys. I've got quite a few messages coming in. So let me see. Right. What's the chat saying? Yeah. So loads of you are sort of um, resonating with the big barriers there. So time, time element, that all or nothing mindset. Yeah, Simon, those quotes are absolutely dreadful. I, I I don't know how this hasn't been like massively exposed more because they're they're free to view. Like you can see the clips of them and you can see the direct quotes and stuff. You know, it's it's not you know it's not something someone made up. It's crazy how that they people haven't lost more faith in those uh, businesses and companies. But yeah, it is what it is. So are you all with me so far, guys? In terms of what your diet is and the factors that we need to consider when we're talking about weight loss and just general overall health. Just let me know. Give me a thumbs up. Let me know you're still with me because I can't see you. Give me a thumbs up. Give me a yes. Give me something in the chat, guys, so I know you are still there. Right. Let's get back into this then. Okay. Cool. Right. Excellent. So Nutrition 101, let's get into it then. Before we talk about, um, oh, no, 
go back, go back. There we go. Before we talk about weight loss, we need to talk about what calories are. So calories or actually kilocalories. So if I say this has got 79 calories, it's actually 79,000 calories technically. So we talk, we're talking kilocalories. So calories is the potential energy in your food, not the energy you absorb, but the potential energy that is locked away in your food. Now, it's really important to remember all you science. Well, I think we all teach science, don't we? But maybe not to this level, but energy cannot be created or destroyed. Energy just gets transferred to different things, right? So uh, we burn coal in a steam train and we create thermal energy, heat energy, and that moves into, um, I'm clearly not an engineer, moves into kinetic movement energy, okay? So energy just gets transformed from one thing to another. When we eat too much food, we eat too many calories, it gets store uh, taken from stored energy in the food and put into stored energy in your body fat stores right it's just being transferred from one thing to another these calories are contained in your food and they come from different macronutrients so macronutrients are the nutrients we need in really big quantities right so these are proteins carbohydrates and fats and you can see there that fats have nine calories per gram, whereas protein and carbs have four calories per gram. Alcohol is technically a macronutrient as well. Um, you guys know that I love a beer. It definitely makes up part of my diet. Um, and that is seven calories per gram. OK, funny thing about alcohol is when you are drinking, obviously, it's a poison. It's a toxin to the body. The body will push alcohol almost to the, the front of the queue to be burned and processed. So anything you've eaten, if you go for a really nice, nutritious meal and then have a bottle of wine, you're not really absorbing those nutrients in the way that your body normally would. And then it plays with your hunger hormones. That's why you have a kebab at 2 a.m., right? And then we've got the micronutrients. Now, micronutrients, we're going to talk about a little bit today, but those are your vitamins and minerals, basically. These are the nutrients we need in tiny, tiny amounts. Vitamin C, iron, magnesium, all that kind of stuff, right? So that is what is in your food that we eat every single day. So what is weight loss then? When we talk about weight loss, really what we're talking about is fat loss because weight is made up of bones, hair, skin, nails, organs, water weight, body fat, muscle tissue. When you step on the scale, it's not just body fat. But when most people say, I want to lose weight, they're saying, I want to lose fat, I want to lose body fat. And the best analogy I can give you when it comes to body fat is a bucket, a tap and water running into it. So on the right hand side, you can see that my tap is pouring water into my bucket. OK, that is the calories coming in. So I'm eating calories. There is water dripping into my bucket. And you can see that's a pretty big water droplet. So there's quite a lot of calories coming in. Now, at the bottom of my bucket, I've poked four holes. One is for the energy that I burn just resting, which is most of the energy that you use in a day. This one is the energy that I use to digest my food. This one is the energy that I used. You can't see what I'm pointing to, but they're all the same. And um, this is the energy that I use just by getting up, walking around, moving. We call, we call this NEAT, so non-exercise movement, basically. Um, and then the last one on the right is your exercise. So it's rest, digest, moving around and exercise. These, those are the different ways that your body uses energy. Now, if you've got more water coming into your bucket, and you've got less water coming out of your bucket, obviously there's going to be more water. It's going to start filling up and filling up and filling up. And that's what happens when we gain body fat and when we gain weight. And I'm going to explain how that works in a minute. If we were to decrease the size of the water droplet coming in, and we were to do, do, we were to increase, as you can see on this one, so we decrease the size of the water droplet coming in, so we eat less, and then we increase the size of the water coming out, so we make the hole bigger, we move more, we are going to be able to put ourselves in what we call calorie deficit, okay? So let me explain that a little bit more. If more comes into the bucket over time, like I said, if we gain weight, if more 
leaves the bucket over time, we lose weight. So essentially, this is why people promote eat less, move more. Technically, if you really boil it down on paper, it is eat less, move more. However, like I said, we've got all those numerous other factors that come into it. Let me know in the chat, who knew this already? Who knew about calories being in a calorie deficit? Who who kind of is a step ahead of me on this one? There's 13 of you here live. I, that means I want to see, I reckon about, I reckon about, Half of us probably knew all this, probably more, to be fair. Let me know in the chat who already knew about calories, calorie deficit, that kind of stuff. Awesome. Okay, see the uh, messages coming in. So like I said, we need less coming in than we are using during the day. So let's put some numbers on it to give it a bit more context. Let's say that I need 2000 calories to maintain my body weight as it stands, right? Maintain my body fat as it stands. If I need um, 2000 calories from what I burn at rest, what I burn digesting, what I burn moving around, you know, going up and down the stairs, going for a walk, um, putting the washing out, that kind of stuff. And what I burn during my exercise or my movement and training, and I eat the same, my body weight stays the same, really simple, right? If I eat more than I burn over time, and there's a very special reason I put 500 there. If I eat more than I burn over time, then I'm going to gain, gain body fat. And if I eat less, I'm going to lose body fat because basically on this bottom one, my body doesn't have the energy available that it needs. So it goes, hang on a minute. I haven't got the energy coming in through food and my nutrition. Come on quick. Where's the energy coming from? What have I got stored? What have I got knocking about? Okay. I've got this stored energy, body fat. We break it down. And then of course, bit by bit, and I'm talking bit by bit, week, days and weeks and months, we lose body fat and our weight changes. Cool. Now, the reason that I've given you 500 there is because in the pound of body fat, there's somewhere between 3,500 and 4,000 calories, right? So that means it's quite handy how the numbers work out. That means that if I'm in a 500 calorie deficit for seven days in a row, in theory, on paper, if I have a normal, um, you know, functioning healthy body, which pretty much everyone here does, I will lose a pound of body fat. So 500 calories a day over the course of a week, I'll lose a pound of body fat. Now that takes me to the point of all you lovely people who think a pound is nothing. Right. All the people who when you don't see a, when you don't see two to three pounds on the scale going off, you lose your mind. And you think, oh, my Lord, I'm not seeing any progress. Just to give you that context, you would have to eat 500 calories below your maintenance every single day consistently for seven days to get to to be in a deficit of three thousand five hundred to four thousand roughly to lose one pound. So if you've ever experienced two, three, well, let's, let's no three, four, five, six pounds of body fat in a week. Let's be honest, it hasn't been body fat, okay? Some of that has been body fat, but you haven't been eating zero calories for a week straight, okay? So when you do see three, four, five, six pounds come off on the scale, it's not just body fat. It's a bit of water weight or a lot of water weight. You've been eating less carbohydrates. You've been eating less food in general. You've got less waste ready to come out the other end. You've got less food in your stomach, less water weight. You might be at a certain point in your menstrual cycle. You might have had a really good night's sleep. Sometimes after a really like, you know, a good nine, 10 hour sleep, we can see what we call the whoosh on the scale because your body can sort of process things. So point of this, a pound a week is blooming fantastic. If you were to lose a pound a week, you lose 52 pounds in a year. I think that's just under four stone. Four stone in a year is pretty good going. But for some reason, because we are, we are sort of conditioned, oh no, Pamela, you only lost, you know, 0.75 a pound. What have you been doing? Get in your shame circle, everyone boo Pamela. You know, because we've been conditioned to these things, we suddenly think a pound a week is nothing. A pound a week is fantastic. If we had a pound um, of body fat, I need to get my model. Um, we it would probably be something like this big. 
If you've ever seen a pound of body fat compared to a pen, it's, so, it's something like that big. A pound of body fat is a lot. Think about a pound of sugar, right? Even that, I know it's not a direct comparison, but even that, it, it's a big amount, right? So how are we going to do it then? We are going to eat fewer calories and we are going to try and move a little bit more, all right? And we are going to try and bring our calories below our maintenance, around a 500 calorie deficit. We keep that consistent, you know, six, seven days a week. We do that for a month or two and we start to see real progress on the scale. And that is the, that's the maths behind it, okay? Right, let's move on. So scale success. This scale on the right-hand side is exactly what I want to see when it comes to you guys and girls who are trying to lose weight, okay? I don't want to see a big, nice linear line. Why? That tells me that you're in too big of a calorie deficit and you're probably over-restricting. Your body weight is supposed to peak and trough because of things like, you know, all the things I've, I'm not making you repeating it, all the things I've explained, mostly food volume and water weight in your body. If it didn't go up and down, you'd be dead. You want the scale to be going up and down. If we're moving um, on a zigzaggy line to the bottom right, we are moving in the right direction. It's going to peak. It's going to trough. That's why we take those weekly averages like we talked about on Monday and we use other metrics. We use all those different types of measurement that we discussed on Monday. Body tape, progress photos, pair of jeans, try and address, all these other things that we can use. Right. Moving on. Let's get into the nutrition side of it then. So micronutrients, like I said, vitamins and minerals, think iron, vitamin B, vitamin C, vitamin D, um, folic acid, all these, all these other uh, folate, all these other things, right? Um, and the, the thing with vitamins, is they've got all these funny names, but actually they're usually the same thing, but they got a name for the natural version, the name for the synthesized version. So all I'd say is just look on the back of the packet if you've got a multivitamin and just, just keep it simple. Don't worry about all the different names. If it's a broad spectrum multivitamin that's decently dosed, which I'm going to talk about later, you don't need to worry about making sure you get everything in, right? We need these to create hormones. We need these for immune function, for brain function, growth, protection, um, optimal health. Okay, there's loads of different things we need. When we come to fats, you'll see that there are lots of what we call fat-soluble vitamins. So if we cut out all of our dietary fat, there's going to be vitamins that we cannot digest. It's A, E, K, and some others. So there's going to be some vitamins that we cannot absorb, sorry, not digest. So we need body fat and we need our micronutrients. Easiest one to think of here, eat a rainbow. If you're eating lots of different colors throughout your week, so somewhere between sort of five to eight different fruits and veggies a day would be incredible little pub quiz fact for you when they come up with a five a day thing they actually wanted to do 10 a day because that's what the research said was the optimal amount but they thought well we've got people who are eating no fruits and veg if we tell them 10 a day you know they're going to lose their mind so they went for five a day but ultimately we kind of want a little bit more where possible so those are your micronutrients i said i was going to be on like a train didn't i right Protein then, let's talk about protein. You know that I love protein. There's loads of reasons why protein is so fantastic for us. Protein is what your cells are made up of, okay? So we get protein and they get broken down into these little amino acids and they get shuttled off to build cells, repair cells, recover. So if you're worried about your hair, skin, nail quality, eat more protein. If you wanna be fuller for longer, eat more protein because it digests slightly differently, which means that it keeps you fuller for longer, okay? A side little bonus of protein you know i talked about earlier about um how the body uses energy and that we have food we burn energy by resting we burn energy by digesting and through movement the energy because it's harder to for the body to break down protein burns more of its own energy in the digestion process so if you take someone with a high protein diet who's eating 2000 calories and someone with a low protein diet who's eating 2000 calories 
on the net, um, oh, sorry, the same amount on on the net, the person who has a high protein diet is actually going to absorb fewer calories, even though they're eating the same number of calories because they've got a much higher protein diet. They are going to absorb fewer calories because protein is hard for the body to break down, takes more energy. So little bonus one, eat more protein, absorb fewer calories, right? If calories are equated, obviously. And um, really important for everything, bones, skin, nail, muscle, tissue, regeneration, everything. Some of the po most popular sources are meat, fish, eggs, and dairy. My personal favorites are things like the heck chicken Italia sausages, eat lean cheese, 0% um, fat farge, Greek yogurt, uh, whey protein, you can get the clear protein from my protein now as well, and meats, okay? But that's my personal dietary preference. You might not eat meat, okay? Which is absolutely fine. Some tips for protein, because it is very, very difficult to get in if you're not used to it. The recommended daily guideline amount is about 60 grams in the UK for an adult male. That is crazily low. You'll see that for most of you, I've set you at about somewhere between 100 to 120 grams. Again, I'm trying to remember for about most of you, right? That's because we're going to be up, upping our activity. You've probably been eating on average somewhere between 40 to maybe 60 grams if you're lucky per day, because normally we just have sort of one, or maybe one and a half protein intakes during the day. You need to eat more and to keep you feeling full of longer, which is great when your calories come down and uh, all the other benefits we spoke about. OK, really easy way to get it in is to get a load in at breakfast. If you can front load some. So with a protein shake or a high protein breakfast, which uh, I've shared loads of ideas in the group that is going to allow you to get loads in. You don't need to worry about it later in the day. This is how I personally used to break it down when I was sort of quite adamant with tracking my calories and making sure I was getting my protein in and um, quite a few years ago now, to be honest, I'm, I'm a lot more flexible with it. But this is how I approached it. I had three meals with about 25 to 35 grams of protein in breakfast, lunch and dinner. And that already got me to 90, give or take. And then I had a couple of snacks. It was like jelly, um, the sugar free jelly and like yogurt on the side. Um, and then I think I had like some maybe some eating cheese. I went for a weird stage of eating cottage cheese. I don't know if it, who here likes cottage cheese. Personally, it, it makes my stomach turn right now. But I went for a stage of eating the the chili flatbread thins from Lidl with cottage cheese and had to have a pot a day after school. Well, I, don't, I couldn't do it now, but that's what I did anyway. Um, and then that got me to, you know, that got me to 110. Right. And then you, you, if you can have a couple of those, I was probably eating there for about somewhere like 130, 140. OK. Um, sometimes I've eaten even gone up to 200 grams of protein at certain times of my life. Another big tip. Little and often build a list of the things that you enjoy, the things that are your favorites. I've given you loads of ideas in the group, so you shouldn't be any short for any ideas. Get creative with it. A really, really good one is something like chocolate whey protein powder mixed in with some 0% Greek farge. That is really good. Tastes like a angel delight sort of mixed moussey kind of thing. You can freeze that and make that into your, your own homemade ice cream. Really, really simple. There's loads of things that you can do when it comes to breakfast. Try and prep some high protein breakfast. The Western diet is pretty much all carbs up until dinner time. Maybe a little bit of lunch, a uh, little bit of protein at lunchtime. Try and get more in if you can in, in the morning. Make protein the star. So something I use a lot with people is what I call the food flow. So protein first, then my fruits and veggies, then my carbs, then my fats. So if you're ever sat there thinking about a meal, start by thinking what protein source do I want? Then what fruits and veggies am I going to be able to get in with that? Then how am I going to sort of, what's my vehicle of my meal? Is it a pasta dish? Is it pastry? Is it rice? You know, what's, is it a wrap? Is it a burrito? What is it? Um, 
what how's it getting in my mouth right what's the vehicle of my meal and we all we all love carbs and then finally where's my fats coming from and usually or quite often sorry they are included in your carbs anyway um but you can have a little sprinkle of nuts um some avocado um some olive oil some sort of full fat dairy you know you can get some get some healthy fats in that way cool right i'm gonna pause here for just a second and just gonna open up the chat again let me know are you still with me i know i'm going very fast guys because i've got so much to cover but you you're still with me you're still doing okay i hope you've all got um notepads and pens and you're scribbling bits down but this will be available on record so don't worry too much um lots of people knew about calorie deficit James Smith, yes. I'm not I'm not gonna swear like James Smith. Don't worry if you got kiddies about or you're not a fan of swearing. I'm not gonna, it's not my style. <laughs> Someone told me the other day, I was like, um, what did they say? They, they said, oh, how do they phrase it? Basically, they said, you know, you come across as like someone's nan's favorite nutritionist. And I was like, oh, I can take that. Like I'm a, I'm good with nans. Uh don't 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 mind having that sort of accolade. Probably the opposite of James Smith, to be honest. Um sort of new bits of it okay excellent yes knew this but struggled to do it same as calorie counting yeah so when it comes when it comes to um calorie counting all that is is tracking what we've just spoken about so it's tracking the calories that are in the food you eat and you can use that on your trainerize app you've got an inbuilt tracker which i'm going to share a tutorial of with you um and so you've got one built into the app but you've also got my fitness pal which is probably the most popular one and i've got a tutorial on that one as well it's totally up to you what you use i've set everyone up to track via their app directly but if you want to use my fitness pal just drop me a message in our one-to-one chat and i can change you over to my fitness pal but yeah calorie counting there's, there's nothing calorie counting isn't a diet okay the way that the way that it works is that calories are contained in our food so if we want to change the calorie balances in our body which is essentially what body fat is. If you want to change that balance, it is a good idea for a lot of people, not everyone, but for a lot of people to track the calories that are coming in because it builds awareness around food. You can actually eat, Simon will back me up on this. I know he loves it for this reason. Um, you can actually eat way more flexibly. You can have a glass of wine. You can have some chocolate. You can have some crisps and still be in a calorie deficit and still make progress. So people who want a really flexible diet actually quite often quite like tracking their calories because after all, that's what's in food. There's no such thing as sins in food. No such thing as points. Carbs aren't bad. It's the calories that count, right? Um, and if this isn't enough for you, for whatever reason, just uh, to sort of back this up, the whole calorie thing, right, comes from what we call the third law of thermodynamics, okay? And that basically states that we are a closed loop, a closed energy system. So like I said earlier, that energy can't be um, destroyed or created, okay? And that is the same level of, law as the law of gravity so what we're talking about here with calories a calorie deficit energy transference that is the same level of science as gravity and no one debates gravity but it just so happens that not many people can make money off debating gravity but lots of people can make money off debating calories because it relates to food our emotions diet and lots of other things so all good loads of people knew that and loads of people were happy with that conditioned for years by weight was yeah 100 percent yeah hundred percent honestly the stories i've heard they made me like well up at times because the stuff that people have had said to them someone was told not to exercise once not to go swimming because it would stop them from losing body fat like it mind-blowing absolutely mind-blowing it's not about a weight on the scale it's about health and happiness um slimming world dreading going out every week yeah who wants to dread going for a curry on the weekend or having a glass of wine 
like just absolute not just yeah I, I don't get me started we we said we were going to be on track we, we, we we're, we're doing well for time kind of um so thoughts on smoothies sugars doesn't matter okay if we're just talking about purely body fat and and, and weight if calories are equated there's been numerous numerous studies and meta studies that show this is kind of you know i'm, I'm a nutritionist by qualification um evidence-based nutritionist this is kind of what my qualification was in looking at all these studies and stuff. I'll be honest, after like five hours of looking at studies, it gets pretty tiring on the eyes. But there are meta, loads of studies, loads of meta studies that show that if calories are equated and protein is equated, doesn't matter if it is low carb, high fat or low fat, high carb over a period of six to 12 months, body fat outcomes are exactly the same. So if calories are equated, that's why people say calories are king. Calories are equated right? They are the most important thing. If protein is equated, it doesn't matter what you do with the other two macronutrients, all right? That sugar gets a real demonizing. I've actually, I've heard people come to me and say they were told by a PT or told by Slimming World Weight Watchers not to eat fruit because it had sugar in it. So forget about some of them that contain fiber, vitamins, minerals, are amazing for your health, support gut health, which supports serotonin, which supports your mental health. Forget about all that. Sugar's bad for us. And loads of us, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not criticizing anyone. I, I was told this for, for quite a few years as well. I know how many myths there are out there. There's nothing wrong with sugar. Of course, if you live off Haribo, your health outcomes are going to be lower than if you had a nice broad and balanced diet. Like that goes without saying. But if you have an apple a day that contains sugar or a banana that contains some sugars as well, it's not going to impact on your weight loss if calories are equated and protein is equated. Okay. Awesome, awesome, awesome. NutriCheck, yep, it doesn't sync to the Trainerize app, unfortunately. So I won't be able to see your nutrition, but you could always screenshot and pop it in our chat if you if you wanted me to, to, to look at that. Um, 100% agree, tracked all day and still have 600 calories left. Tracking has changed my outlook on food, 100%. For some people, it like for, like Simon just said, it's amazing, life-changing, opens so, so many doors, right? For, us, some, for other people who can become quite obsessed on numbers, it's not the best approach. And this is the thing. This needs to be very personalized and individual to you because the approach you need is going to be very different to what I need and what Becky needs and Emma and Simon. You know, we're all going to need slightly different things. It depends on your history. It depends on loads of, loads of different things. So we're going to need different approaches. Um, yes. Yeah, so recommendations for protein powder. Um, you can put it into smoothies. You can bake with it pretty well. They actually do clear protein powder. Now I'll cover this at the end, but they do clear protein powder that is like a fruit juice. I was, I was telling uh, Simon, actually, I was telling Simon about this yesterday. Um, it's, it's crazy. It just comes out like a squash. Um, so I have that pretty much every morning now just as, as a drink to rehydrate. And it happens to have 20 grams of protein in and like 97 calories. Um, but yes, yeah, smoothies are great. You can bake with it overnight oats if you get what i would suggest is get a broad uh, a, a sort of broad flavor so like vanilla chocolate something like that don't get don't get one of the really weird ones like rhubarb and custard or you know sticky toffee pudding because it limits what you can mix it with but if you get lots of um sort of broader flavors you can mix it in with loads of different stuff lydia says smoothies are really good get protein and get fruit in um yeah <laughs> no you're right mashing bananas honestly that they said that if you um, eat a banana whole, it's is it free or it's a certain number of points or something. And then if you mash it up and then eat it, they kind of forget that when you put it in your mouth and you eat it, you mash it up with your teeth. They kind of forgot that, that when you mash it up, you then somehow have more calories or more, sorry, they don't believe in calories. They have more sins, complete hogwash, 
absolutely just no nonsense. Bearing in mind that they've created a system that is quite clever because they've got free foods that people don't tend to overeat. So it's almost like they've they're charging you for the foods that you do overeat. So you control those foods, but they've given people free reign with the foods that people tend not to overeat. But if you oh if you have you know a certain number of calories in a day, and then you go and home and have you know a, a massive bowl of mash with your pie, that's obviously I think is mashed potato free food, potato free food. I don't I don't know the specifics. I forgot that a long time ago. Um, but you know if you take a free food pasta or something, you and you have a massive bowl you're probably going to overeat on calories and therefore you're not going to lose weight. So there is no such thing as a free food. doesn't exist. Every food contains energy and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, clear protein powders you can get from my protein. Tegan loves the clear protein powders. The watermelon one are oh, nice. I've got the orange and peach. Is it orange and peach? Watermelon. Oh, I need to check that one out. That sounds good. First thing in the morning, ice cold watermelon shake. Sounds pretty refreshing. Potato was a free food. Yeah. It's not. Um, yeah, there's no such thing as a free food, but as a clever system, how enticing is that to go? Oh, yeah, you can eat as much of this as you like, knowing that people prob- probably won't overeat. But then again, if 84 percent of Slimming World uh, Weight Watchers have to go back and do it again, is the system really working? Maybe not. But what we often do, sorry, I'm going on a tangent here. What we often do is we see, OK, oh, wow, I, I lost the stone. I lost the stone on Weight Watchers. So it's, it's got to have worked. But we miss the wood for the trees because we forget that we then put a stone and a half back on six months later but often when we're reflecting on the past we look at things with things with rose tinted glasses don't we and we think oh i remember when i did weight washers lost a stone that time i felt amazing but we forget they didn't work for me if something works if an approach works not a diet if an approach works it means that you're going to sustain it forever there'll be ups and downs because life is going to happen but generally speaking, you'll be able to maintain a roughly similar weight within about a five, six pound range forever if something truly works. OK, and when I say something, I'm talking about your personal approach that we are going to build with you. So let's get back into it. Carbohydrates. They are amazing. They do not cause body fat um, storage. They do not cause anything like that. Insulin resistance, blah, blah, blah. If you have, if you are a healthy functioning person, which is most of us here, you do not need to worry about carbohydrates, okay? Your metabolism isn't going to affect it, okay? If you're worried about your insulin and metabolism and sugars and this, but you're not calorie controlling your nutrition, nothing, you know, there's no point in worrying about the tiles on the roof if we haven't got the foundations and the walls up, okay? So getting your nutrition in place is like putting the walls up around your house, right? They're great for energy, flexibility. Who doesn't want to eat carbohydrates? Who wants to go out and say no to garlic bread or, you know, feel like they're not allowed pasta? No one wants that. Enjoyment because they taste blooming amazing. Again, all the usual uh, carbohydrate sources, potatoes, pasta, rice, bread, bagels, cereals, fruit, some um, starchy veggies, non-starchy veggies like uh, courgette, cucumber, tomatoes, onions, things like that. Are, are pretty very well very 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 low in carbohydrates and so very very low in calories but they might have a little bit um but then starchy ones like potatoes um i guess carrots slow slightly corn sweet corn is, is slightly higher crisps sweets again i don't want to live in a world where i'm not allowed to eat haribo personally because i don't think that's a life worth living i'm gonna have a glass of wine if i want a glass of wine i'm gonna have some crisps with that if i want that but i know how to balance my diet now because i've been practicing this for like 10 years 
Right. Um, potatoes, weird one, have the sa highest satiation score. So there's something called the satiety index. I shared this in uh, the group the other day. Something called the satiety index, which basically is like, how full does it keep me? Potatoes, white board potatoes are the absolute um, highest one. And of course, not forgetting fiber, a type of carbohydrate. Really important for if you don't want to get bunged up or the other, the other end of that spectrum, fiber is going to be really, really important. Soluble and insoluble fiber eat a rainbow, eat a broad and balanced diet, don't cut anything out. 80 to 90% of whole foods that we talked about today, 20 to 10% of flexibility of less optimal foods, which we're going to touch on when we talk about mindset, and you will be absolutely fine. Calorie control it, and that is as complicated as it needs to be. Calorie control it, eat a bit more protein, get your fruits and veggies in, and enjoy yourself in a good little bit of that as well. There are foods that we can eat all of the time, like spinach, or tuna and there are foods that we can eat some of the time if we want a, a help to maintain a healthy weight that's the way i look at my diet it's all of the time foods some of the time foods if i have haribo for breakfast i'm probably going to feel pretty rubbish by lunchtime if you are struggling with carbohydrates i've got some tips for you do not fear them know that if you do have a large intake of um carbs so um a, a big risotto or a big carbonara dish or a big pizza because of the carbohydrates what happens they get digested they get absorbed and they get put into your muscle cells because they're energy right so you're ready to go however to store that in your body to store the carbohydrates it stores water weight with it so if you eat a load of carbs you'll see the scale does shoot up a pound or two and that's because you're just holding a lot of water weight. Give it two to three days of eating back at normal. The water weight will pass. Do not worry that the scale has gone up. Are you all right? Particularly if you haven't been to the loo. That's really important. And um, again, allow flexibility in your sources. If you want some ice cream, have a little bit of ice cream, but don't have ice cream for breakfast. If you are sort of want to, you're going to get into training a little bit more, get into your workouts a little bit more, having some carbohydrates before and after your training session could be a really good idea. But we're going to cover that more when we talk about the movement and training one. One source can go a long way. You can you can cook up um, a big pot of rice and you could have, yes, I had beef pilaf. You could have that. Um, I know it's not exactly the same thing, but you, you could have a, you could technically kind of make it into a risotto as well. Um, you could make that into, again, a paella sort of thing if you really wanted to. I know it's the different types of um, rices, but you could make that into burritos. That rice can go into lots and lots of different types of meals. So you can batch cook a load of something like pasta. You could have tuna pasta, chicken pasta just a cheese and tomato pasta. So one carbohydrate sauce, you can split up, season it differently, and you can get loads and loads of that out of it. Right, guys, come up to 50 minutes. I said I was going to try and be quick here. <laughs> uh, fats then. So fats, again, really, really important for your hormonal health, your brain function, especially, and just overall health. Like I said earlier, there are some vitamins that cannot be absorbed if we don't have any fats in our diet so fats are really important oily fish nuts nut butters seeds oils avocados dairies meats just simplify all of the last few slides as eat a broad and balanced diet and you are absolutely fine we don't need to get really bogged down in all of these sort of technical bits here my personal favorites a bit of olive oil to cook with a bit of olive oil on um, a salad salmon nut butter avocado milk all things that i eat quite regularly and uh, not the salmon so much anymore I've really gone on fish which is weird but i supplement with an, an omega supplement okay which is really really important for brain health 
If you're struggling with your fats, some things for you, sprinkles of seeds can really, really help or on top of um, salads and things like that. Little dash of olive oil, nut butters, maybe not in school because of nut allergies, but, you know, on weekends and stuff. Use your fats to add taste and depth and flavor to your foods, as our chef Johnny is going to explain to us soon. And use them to sort of add a little bit more enjoyment to your foods. Okay, typically fats is one you don't need to worry about if you eat. Proteins, carbs, typically you will get to your fat goal without worrying too much about it. But some of these healthier versions of fats would be good to uh, include. Just remember, they do have nine calories per gram. And so a little bit of fat goes a really, really long way. Okay, when it comes to choosing how you're going to manage your nutrition, I've set you up all on the Trainerize app, like I said, to track calories via the tracking in the Trainerize app. However, there are a million and one ways to skin a cat. To create that calorie deficit that we spoke about, you could change your food choices. So you could moderate highly palatable foods, super tasty foods like pizza and cheese and um, ice cream and crisps and donuts and cakes and chocolate and crisps, you know, all that stuff. You can moderate those and that can help you create a calorie deficit. So you don't need to track calories, but if you've got a spectrum from most accurate and most optimal but also most time intensive, that's tracking calories, all the way across to least time intensive and to be honest, less accurate and therefore might not get you the best result as quick as you want it. So given that we're on a short time span here, I've put everyone on this end, but you can choose where you want to go. Just let me know. Just You just have to say, just so I know, right? We can use portion control. I'm going to show you a model of that in a second. We can use time restriction. So we might do fasting, might do intermittent fasting. Some people thrive off this. Intermittent fasting sounds complicated. Basically, skip breakfast. That's the most popular one because it's the 16-8 fast. So for 16 hours a day, most of that you're in bed. You are fasting. You're not eating, taking in no calories. And then for eight hours of the day, normally 12 till 8 p.m. Doesn't really matter. Could be 11 till 7. Could be 10 till 6. Doesn't really matter. Um, but for the middle of the day, you're eating. The rest of it, you fast. So it sounds, sounds, you know, intermittent fasting sounds cool and sexy and, you know, people sold books on it. It's just skipping breakfast. If you skip a meal, you're going to eat less calories. Therefore, you're likely to put yourself in a deficit and lose weight. So if that is something you want to try, give it a go. You could track off days. So once you've been doing this for a while and you feel like, OK, I can eyeball my breakfast. I know that's about 450 calories. I know my lunch is about 500 calories. I know this dinner. Dinners are usually the tough one because we really we want to enjoy our dinner. Dinner. OK, that's about 750 calories. If you get to the point where you can eyeball things, it might just be that you track your calories on the off days. So days where you're going out for meals or days where you're having more flexibility, days that aren't your normal Monday to Friday. OK, that's another option. You can track calories. You can do calorie cycling. So Monday to Thursday, you might eat 1800 calories if we're going for 2000, 1800 calories. And then that means that you've banked 800 calories to use Friday, Saturday, Sunday extra. So you have lower calorie intake Monday to Thursday, higher calorie intake on the weekend. But over the week, it accounts uh, accounts. It averages out and you have the same number. Does that make sense? So that's what we call calorie cycling. So we cycle through different calorie amounts during the week. Again, all these other ones. The goal for everyone that I want you all to have in the end of your mind is intuitive eating. And that is knowing what is in the food, eating to feel good, never restricting yourself, but managing to balance your weight at the same time. That's the holy grail of nutrition that everyone is working with. And we've got quite a few members of the team now who have already got themselves there. So when it comes to portion control, Here's a really easy one. If you're someone who doesn't want to track calories, 
it's, you're never going to be as accurate with this, but it's the next best thing. So a palm size of protein, not always, but quite often that will give you about 25 grams of protein. Of course, yogurt is going to be different to tuna goes without saying, but roughly give or take as a loose fit, a loose sort of structure, palm size of protein, a cupped hand, the orange one, a cupped hand of, um, carbohydrate so dry pasta dry rice if you again if you've got tiny hands or if you've got massive hands it's not going to work exactly right then again i guess if you've got big hands you're probably going to be a bigger taller person so actually it might work out quite well but generally speaking one cupped hand of rice or or pasta is is going to be about an okay portion it's not perfect but it's a lot easier particularly if you're away on holiday or eating out or something two fistfuls of veggies i've got small hands to be honest, but one fistful just seems like nothing to me. So I always go two fistfuls of veggies, little thumb, top of your thumb of fats. So a little drizzle of oil, a little bit of um, peanut butter, a little bit of avocado, really good way to create a balanced meal. If you went and did this now with, I don't know, let's just say chicken, broccoli and rice because it's boring with some oil on top. Um, <laughs> terrible meal um, that would probably give you a very balanced meal just for context okay if when it comes to making it easier eat a rainbow try and eat as many colors throughout the day reds yellows purples loads of greens 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 peas spinach broccoli cucumber uh what else is green <laughs> give, me, give me some more guys give me some more green veggies kale ugh um cabbage things like that get your greens in greens are fantastic particularly with um things like iron and folate and things like that magnesium even some of them are quite high in zinc really good for your minerals those leafy greens are great for minerals as well as well as vitamins sneak your veggies in cut them up really really small i'm sure we've all got people in our lives who don't like veggies i know that's a really common one cut them up so small grate them blend them into sauces sneak them in so no one has to know all right snack on fruit and protein if you're trying to get more fruit in, you're trying to get more protein in, make that your snack because it's going to really, really help to, to fit it in. If you're someone who struggles after dinner and things like that, environment is going to be massive. We all know what it's like in the staff room when we go into the staff room hungry and there's loads of lovely muffins on the table. Environment is going to be huge because it's going to give you a cue. Control your environment and you'll be able to control your nutrition a lot easier. But doing things like, let's say, let's take the, I don't know, the Nutella, right? If you're someone who comes in and likes to spoon Nutella out the jar, I know I've done that before, put it on the top shelf, at the side, at the back. So it's completely out of sight, out of mind. Ice cream, bottom drawer, under the frozen peas. Control your environment. I've got an environment audit. I'll pop it in the group um, after this, because you can go through your, your physical environments and you can see how to make them better for you. So I'll pop that in the group after this. Really, really useful. Make it quick, make it tasty, make it easy. Don't overcomplicate it. 80, 90% whole foods, things we've talked about tonight, 10, 20% flexible foods, all right? Someone asked about cravings. I need to have a drink. Someone asked about cravings, so I thought I'd, I'd quickly sneak this in. We're almost at the end, guys. Bang on an hour almost at the end um oh i haven't been uh, going full screen sorry you've been you've been seeing like all the yeah anyway sorry um so when it comes to cravings there is a huge difference oh go back huge difference between hunger habit a craving and an urge four totally different things although there is overlap hunger is a feeling in your stomach and that that feeling is not going to go it's not going to disappear you might get used to it slightly 
but you're always going to feel hunger until you get to that point where you're way past it and you start to feel a bit sick, a bit dizzy and a bit woozy. Okay. When your blood sugar starts coming down, hunger is a stomach feeling. Something um, like a craving or an urge is more of a mind feeling happens up here. You want something mentally, your stomach's not asking for it. Two totally different things. So if you can identify, is it my brain or is it my belly? What's asking for this food? You'll be able to distinguish between the different types. So there's hunger. We know what hunger is. I would always um, ask you to remember, we need to honor our hunger. If you are hungry, you need to eat something. Hopefully high protein and high fruit, because you can, you can see how important that is. Fruit also big volume for not many calories. So great for hunger as well. Bit of fiber in there with some of them. Protein, great for filling us up. Honor your hunger. Don't starve yourself because what's going to happen is you're going to starve yourself. Like we all know till four o'clock, you go to the staff room and suddenly the Christmas celebrations are all gone and you're sitting in the corner with your coffee covered in chocolate, right? I've definitely done that before. Don't starve yourself because it's going to come back to bite you. Plus no one wants to feel rubbish throughout the day. A habit is very, very different again. So the craving is part of the habit loop. So when you've had your dinner, you're, I reckon we'll all resonate with this. You had your dinner, you've done the dishes or, you know, you've um, left them on the side overnight to soak because they need to, right? Um, you've left that on the side. You go and sit down. It's a certain time of day. It's some certain thing on TV or you're watching Netflix. You're sitting in a certain seat. The, the curtains are closed now. It's nice. It's like a nice warm light. You've, you're full, you're comfy, you're cozy, or you might even be going to sit your laptop to do some work, which we're going to talk about another time. That is a, um, that's all of those things are cues, right? They're all sensory inputs. Now, the way our habits work is that we have a cue, a signal. We have a craving for something. We have a response we choose, and then we have a reward, usually chemicals in the brain that feel good, right? That's the habit loop, cue, craving, response, reward. When we have all of those things happen at once, certain time of day, everything I've just described, that is a massively strong cue for, right, Emma, you need to go and get something sweet. Simon, go and get the crisps. It has to be done. That's what your brain is telling you, right? It's like a little voice in your ear. And suddenly you're not hungry for it, but you're in, up here, you're thinking, I really want something sweet. Why do I want something sweet? I need, I, I need something sweet. I can promise you that if you can distract yourself for 15 minutes, Nine times out of 10, that feeling is going to pass. Okay. So if you have a craving, more often than not, it is part of a habit. All right. So let's talk about urges quickly. Urges are usually an emotional response. So you get a really um, snotty email from a parent, or something happens, or you get a call from the child's nursery. Something happens and it's an instant trigger, and you have an urge I need to eat something. Uh, you know, I need something sweet. That is completely different to a habit loop or to hunger. So an urge is something quite different. And that can sometimes lead to binges, which is a totally different thing, right? When you get an urge, I want you to remember to surf the urge. There's going to be a trigger. Then the urge is going to really intensify. And you're going to think, I need this. I, I need this to feel better. And it's going to feel so overwhelming. But I want you to remember in that moment. So you, you, um, the trigger happens, you acknowledge that you have been triggered. You do something to calm yourself down and let go. You might go for a five minute walk. You might go outside. You might do some breathing. You might um, go and grab a book. You might do some coloring or puzzling or whatever. You do something to calm your central nervous system down, which we're going to talk about when we talk about stress. And you just let go and you go, right, I, I have an urge to go and eat something, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait it out. 
you want to remind yourself that this is a fleeting feeling and it's not going to last forever. If I can wait long enough, the urge is going to go because my emotional state is going to change because the urge comes from your emotional state. Go and find an alternative. Like I said, go and do something else. Sometimes some things that work really well is um, going and clean your teeth, going and fold the washing, um, getting out of that environment, closing your laptop, closing your phone, doing the things that we know are just typically good for our mental health, right? Going for a quick walk, have a change of environment, break from the trigger, give it 10 to 20 minutes. And I can almost guarantee, like I said, nine times out of 10, the urge is going to come crashing back on itself because the urge is like a wave and it will come crashing back in and it will go. Now, cravings can sometimes come from, as well as habits, habit loops, cravings can sometimes come from over-restriction. So they can come from saying that I'm not allowed that bad food. And that can sometimes cause over-restriction, which then builds up this craving over days and days and days and days until Friday night comes, you're stressed, and suddenly, not that there's anything wrong with it, but you're in McDonald's drive-thru and you've got two Big Mac meals and nuggets on the side, right? It just happens because you've over-restricted and now you're over-indulging. So quick one on cravings. We're going to talk about this a lot more when we talk about stress and when we talk about emotional eating. But just remember that habits, hunger and urges are different things. And so we need to do different things with them. Let me know if that's useful, guys. Let me know if any of that resonates um, or any of that um, is familiar. Really, really quickly, a few time saving tips on this one. Meal prep. It's not just for bodybuilders. The easiest way to meal prep is just to double up. If you're having creamy chorizo pasta for dinner, cook a little bit extra, have it for your lunch tomorrow. Just save a portion on the side. If you can double up, you are going to save yourself tons of time. You don't need to worry about anything. You've got more food that you've cooked. Food lasts for a decent amount of time, right? Johnny's going to cover all this when he comes in and talks to you guys and posts in the group and stuff. I love a one pot wonder. So stews, tray bakes, chilies, curries, soups, slow cooker stuff. Um, Any other one pot wonders out there? Bolognese, anything that you can whack in a pan and put on low, give it a stir, put it on low, leave it for an hour or whatever, put it in the slow cooker, whack it all in a tray. Next week we're having sausage. Um, yes, I already know what I'm having next week. I, I, I like food, all right? I like food, so I like to, to plan what I'm eating. Um, uh, next week we're having a sausage tray bake, so it's going to be loads of root vegetables, seasonal root vegetables, some sausages in there, a little bit of oil, a little bit of seasoning, whack it in the oven, job's good. Bit of gravy, some peas on the side. So, during that time, I can come and answer your messages. I can go and prep some content. I can go and have a shower because it's in there. It's doing its business and I don't need to be there. So one pot wonders are going to be amazing for us as teachers and as parents as well. If you feel that you need to be constantly cooking all these elaborate, interesting meals, don't worry about it. There's nothing wrong. As we've learned tonight, there's nothing wrong with a sandwich, um, a pasta salad, uh, a wrap. There's nothing wrong with these things. For some reason, when we start being more mindful of our nutrition, we often think, oh, I need to kind of like completely overhaul my lifestyle. Hopefully you've picked up tonight that we don't want to overhaul your lifestyle. There's no point in giving you my meal plan because it's your life. My brother messaged me the other day. He's, it's his birthday at the end of this month. And he messaged me and I said, well, I messaged him and said, what do you want for your birthday? Um, because Shana asked me to, not because I'm I'm uh, I'm on it with presents and cards, typical bloke. Um, so I messaged him and he said, oh, can you give me a meal plan? So I was just said, I said, I, I don't know what you're going to want in two weeks time. But what's the point in me trying to create you a meal plan and give you some calorie goals and give you tons and tons of templates and tons and tons of examples and recipe books. And I can send you these slides, but I'm not going to know what you're going to fancy on your birthday. I'm not going to know what you're going to fancy on the 14th of December, the, the next week. Like, I don't know. 
you know what you like you know your preferences you are the best person to map out your nutrition i am the person who is here to guide you so don't change your life stick to what you like just tweak it slightly to make it a little bit more optimal and make it calorie controlled so that we're in that calorie deficit and weight loss will come and that guys is us just over the hour mark um if you're listening back on the podcast i've probably been talking like a million mile an hour so i'm really sorry but there's so much to fit in like i said we've only got seven weeks together so we don't have time to really go into two nutrition sessions um so i i wanted to kind of be very comprehensive tonight you can listen back to this you can watch it back there's loads of resources to go along with it as well um so supplementation if you're thinking about supplements when it comes to multivitamins often what you'll find is if you go into something like tesco's even in sometimes in Holland and Barrett, right, you will get a multivitamin that is highly dosed, high dosed in the cheap stuff like vitamin C. It'll be like it'll be like a thousand times your guideline daily amount of vitamin C because vitamin C is cheap, right? Really, really cheap. But the stuff that's more expensive, it will often be underdosed. So I personally use also I'm not got any I haven't got a discount code for you. I wish I did, but I'm not like an affiliate or anything. I've just used them for blimey. 10 years 12 years a long long time um and they've changed a bit over the years they're a completely vegan company now but they are still really really good um not that that would check me they're not good but you know for example they don't do whey protein now they do vegan protein which i don't personally like so i don't use that but everything else is is, is fine um so they have the their multivitamin which is called defense and it is just a broad spectrum multivitamin but the brilliant thing is that they're all research-based which you'd think all supplements would be research-based no, they're they're more sort of based on what's going to make the company the most money. So companies like Awesome Supplements are completely sort of, a, what's the word, unbiased in their research. They get other people to do their research for them. So it's a really reputable company and trustworthy company. So I personally use their defense. I don't use their fish oils. They've swapped, because they're a vegan company, they swap from fish oils to algae oils. So the good stuff that is in your fish oils comes from what the fish eat. So it comes from the algae because of photosynthesis and stuff. So they go and they get it straight from the algae instead of from the fish. So if you are veggie or vegan, you might want to um, opt for an algae oil, which is the, it's, it's still the same omegas and the same good stuff. Um, I personally use, oh, what's it called? It's on Amazon. Um, it's got a blue label and it's just fish oil. It's lemon flavored and it's like a like a cough syrup, basically. It's oily, but it's lemony flavor. And I just take a little mouthful of that before bed and it's absolutely fine. Um, doesn't really, does add, add a few calories today, of course, um, but it's great if you're not someone who eats lots of oily fish. My protein is great for um, whey protein. Do not get the diet protein. Don't get the diet protein. I fell for this when I was at uni. Um, so about 12 years ago, I fell for this. I bought the diet whey protein. Turns out, it's more calories and it's more expensive. Go figure. So their diet protein is somehow two things that you don't want. So don't worry about diet protein. You don't need anything. If it says diet on it, don't. You're probably, it's just healthifying and marketing. So do not worry about that. Um, and that, guys, is us. <sighs> and breathe. Right. What questions have we got? i tell you what, because the people on the podcast have been listening back for like an hour and 15 minutes, I'm going to end this recording here. So thank you for joining me on the podcast or on playback. And I will catch you very soon. Again, if you've got any questions, pop them in the group. Cheers, guys.